Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zikazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Videos moderated by real people who review content before it's posted to the feed. I love the dance challenges. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids. <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. That's why the CNN Underscored team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit Underscore.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Allison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very all slow. The, all the options. In spite of me. Like, what did we do? It's so slow. <laughs> Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on Deadline. Thank you again, Allison. Thank you. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you. Because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just $348. With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for. Hour number three, and we keep it rolling here. It is the Nightcap, live from the Circus Sportsbook here on VSIN. That is Jeff Parles. I'm Tim Murray. JVT, our senior NBA analyst, going to join us momentarily. Recap what unfolded tonight in Milwaukee. 104-89 victory for the Bucks. 38 points from Chris Middleton. 30 points from Giannis. And now we've got ourselves a Game 7. And um, I... I Look at the look at look at this guy's smile. Look how happy he is. All right. So Derek Stevens was in here to start the show. Little curveball for us just because the night's game is tomorrow. So we had Derek and, and Banksy in to start the show tonight. And he requested a walk-off homer in the San Diego Padres game. They were up two to nothing. The Padres were going into the ninth inning. Jeff, you take it from yeah, there. yeah. Pretty sleepy game through the through the first eight innings. Uh, nothing, nothing through five. So your first five unders, no sweat, easy. Uh, Tatis hits a long home run. Not much of a shock there. Machado hits a home run in in the seventh. Not much of a shock there. All right, two nothing. Go to to the top of the ninth. Uh, the Malays has been pretty good this year, Tim. Okay, yeah. it's gonna be. Uneventful, 2-0, easy under, Padre run line, probably okay. Cincinnati proceeds to score four in the top of the ninth inning. Jonathan India, two-run homer to put Cincinnati ahead, 4-2. Keep in mind here, total seven and a half. Yeah. Okay. All right. Bottom of the ninth comes. Amir Garrett enters. No, Amir Garrett's not in yet. Oh, it's okay. Hendricks first. Ah. One out. Machado on second. Eric Hosmer homer. 
That was a bomb, too. Down the right field line. See Absolutely it. destroyed. Two-run homer, 4-4. Four, four, total goes over. But now it gets even more fun. Cronenworth gets on after they bring in Amir Garrett. And then Victor Caratini walks it off with a two-run homer to win it 6-4. to four. Now, this is one of those where you could argue, you could argue, Tim, that the Padres' run line was the correct side in this game because it was 2-0 going to the ninth inning. But then you were down 4-2 in the bottom of the ninth inning. So this, this game has all sorts of ridiculous, ridiculous wins and losses here, however you're sitting on it here. Reds, Red, again, Padres' money line looked like a bad beat for a little bit. Red's money line looked like a really bad beat for him. It is a bad beat now. The total's the worst of all. And uh, Derek Stevens and uh, company here at Circuit got their money's worth because they got, uh, they got one of the best innings of the entire Major League Baseball season occurring in that ninth inning. Yeah, they got not only they got a blown lead and then two home runs in the bottom of the ninth. And it was funny, after they go down 4-2, to two, I just peer over my shoulder because they do – live odds for Padres games here at Circa, and it was, I think, plus, what is it, 785? It was either 6 or 785. It was something we just should have put some pizza money on and just went for it. For it. And we didn't. We should have known. <laughs> Derek Stevens had requested it, and it comes home. So a 6-4 to four win for the San Diego Padres, a wild finish there uh, at Petco Park, which was, uh, once again, it was the First game with the full crowd. Reopening day for San Diego. They get the win 6-4 to four with a total of eight runs scored in the ninth inning. You didn't even need extra innings for that total to be a bad beat, Jeff. Oh, wow. Again, when you get, when you get eight runs in the ninth inning, that's uh, completely ridiculous, Tim. But uh, honestly, a big win for the Padres, who just got swept in Colorado, which is something you... You can't really do if you're a good team, but uh, a good win for the Padres to bounce back and a, a total gut punch for a red team that is uh, three games over 500 trying to hang in in that NL Central. And uh, earlier tonight, uh, we'll get to it here in just a moment with JVT. Bucks beating the Nets 104-89, to covering the five, and uh, unfortunately for Jeff, covering the second half number as well. Uh, but uh, they, they flashed up a stat. The, the Brooklyn Nets averaging 89.3 points per game in this series on the road. Good news for them. They're at home for game number seven. That'll be on Saturday night where they are currently a one-point underdog, and now it has moved to a pick in some spots. That was it's the nightcap. It's the nightcap here on VSIN. Make sure to check out vsin.com, the VSIN app, where you can stream all of our content for free and also the iHeartRadio app as well. Jeff Parles, Tim Murray, gentleman who was sitting right by my side as we were cheering on the Clippers last night. Yeah, I said it, cheering on the Clippers. Uh, that is JVT at me, JVT on Twitter. Milwaukee takes care of Brooklyn tonight, 104 to 89. There was a stretch there, JVT where it looked like maybe Brooklyn was going to do it again, uh, but Milwaukee found its way. Uh, what was your ultimately biggest takeaway from what we saw tonight in Milwaukee, a 15-point win for the Bucks? Yeah, I think that was it, right? Like the fact that, that they go and they cut it to, I think it was five or four points in the yeah, 14-point run. 
uh, yeah, immediately to Milwaukee right after that. Uh, you know, look, sometimes the anecdotal evidence comes out, right? And when you watch that game, I think you saw a Brooklyn team that looked, did look a little gassed, like a little out of it, right? And we saw a better game from James Harden for the most part, at least than we did in the last contest. He still clearly looks a little bit hampered, but Milwaukee seemed a little bit fresher, a little bit more ready to go. And you, it's, it's like you said, it felt like the wheels were about to fall off for Milwaukee when they blew up. I think it was a 10 nothing run for Brooklyn to give it to a 5, and then they clamped down after that. And then big mistake to foul Chris Middleton to give him three free throws, and from there it was kind of just downhill from the Brooklyn Nets. But I think you're still pretty silly. Look, they still don't have an answer for Kevin Durant. I think you're feeling pretty good about the fact that Milwaukee still today offensive rating a 110.9, not very good. So their offense still isn't performing at a very high level. But Brooklyn did not seem to have it from an energy standpoint today for a lot of their role players. JVT, just looking at this game seven now. Saw it open one and a half. Milwaukee laying on the road. It's been bet to one. It's been bet to pick in some spots. Uh, how do you look at this game seven? Uh, because, uh, again, uh, the, all these games have been low scoring. The Nets obviously dealing with uh, the big injuries and an opportunity for the Bucks to uh, win a road game seven here. Yeah, I just, I, Jeff, I refuse to believe, I, I just refuse to budge on the concept that Milwaukee should be power rated that much higher than Brooklyn, right? Like, we're talking about them being favored on the road yet again. Like, the, the market has been kind of, it's, it's always been in the corner of Milwaukee, right? And yet here we are, 3-3 series, and Brooklyn is 4-2 against the spread. I just feel like the, the market's been a little too high on Milwaukee throughout this entire thing. But Brooklyn should be favored in this game. If you want to say one, if you want to say one and a half, whatever it is, Brooklyn's a favorite. So I'm not surprised to see the opener of one immediately move to pick. I would expect that Brooklyn closes like a one, one and a half point favorite. Uh, but if you're getting like plus one, small money line, uh, dog price on the Brooklyn Nets, that would be the way that I'm going here. But I, I don't expect the market to allow that to happen. I would expect an adjustment really quickly in the next coming hours on that. Talking to JVT, our senior NBA analyst, Jonathan Von Tobel, at me, JVT, on Twitter. Uh, I know you're not a big totals guy. Uh, I'm, I'm certainly not either. Uh, but, you know, this has been such an under-series, and we have now, uh, looking at Westgate, open 216.5, lost the hook, is now 216. So we have seen a movement of 23.5 points in the totals. Um, but five unders have hit. Today was a dead-under game. But the last time these two teams played in Brooklyn, you did get, you know, a, a 222 spot, the only game that went over any numbers uh, what what kind of game do you expect? Because I know historically, Game 7s are are kind of that slugfest type of feel. Yeah, I, they generally are. And we've seen some higher scoring Game 7s in the past. Uh, I think we had one. The, Dallas the and the Clippers. Uh, pretty high. Right, exactly, yeah. Dallas and the Clippers are very high scoring. So, you know, anecdotally, these games slow down, but it's hard to slow down any more than this postseason has. Like, this has been a really slow postseason for the most part. It's been the same for both of these teams. You know, coming into today, guys, we're talking about 98 possessions per game for both of these teams. Today was 92. Like, this has been an incredibly, incredibly slow-paced series between two teams that usually get up and down the floor. But, look, you were talking about value on the total. You're talking about, you know, James Harden slowly starting to come out of his shell. And Brooklyn has played better at home. If you look over this course of this series, they got an offensive rating of 137. They got an offensive rating of 120 the last time they played in Brooklyn. So clearly they're a little bit more comfortable. You know, I would tend to think that maybe this is the time to jump in on and over. And maybe you get a little bit better performance from Milwaukee. I've been astonished how bad Milwaukee's been offensively in this series. But maybe a game seven against Brooklyn, if they start to open it up a bit, and a low total like that is finally the time to jump in. But uh, I, I think 
I want to expect Brooklyn brings their weight to the table in terms of the offensive scoring. Just can you trust Milwaukee? Who hasn't shown up from an offensive efficiency standpoint this entire series? JVT, uh, I'll ask you this: the winner of this game, Game Seven, Bucks and Nets, are they the team to beat still, or are you looking elsewhere as the team to beat uh, from this uh, Game Seven? I mean, are we talking big picture? Or are you talking Eastern Conference? Oh, uh, well, how about both? Why don't we do that? <laughs> well, I mean, it's it's just it's hard, right, in terms of the big picture to to really feel like that because you know Tim has mentioned it. I, if Kawhi Leonard comes back, I'm not backing off of the stance of the Los Angeles Clippers are arguably one of the best teams in the NBA, and especially if Kawhi Leonard comes back, he's going to be fine, and Kyrie's going to be out for a good amount of time, and James Harden's going to be this way. You know, the Clippers all of a sudden match up much better with Brooklyn, so that's still out there in terms of you know this massive picture for an NBA Finals. And in terms of the Eastern Conference, like, yeah, look, I mean, uh, Atlanta is a really solid team. I think they sneakily match up pretty well with Brooklyn. It's going to be an incredible series if they end up closing out Philadelphia uh, tomorrow. Uh, but I still think that they're better than Atlanta. And then Philadelphia, we see the issues there and the fact that their crunch time offense has been an absolute nightmare. And while they're elite defensively along the perimeter, I just don't think they have the horses offensively to keep up with Brooklyn. So, like, and it's the same thing with Milwaukee, right? Milwaukee would be favored, I think, in both of those series. I don't even think, I know. They would be favored in both of those series against Philadelphia and against the Atlanta Hawks. So I think either one of these teams, if we're talking like team to beat in the Eastern Conference for sure, it's whoever wins the series. And if we're talking big picture, you know, Milwaukee, uh, if they are the most healthy, it seems, at this point outside of Phoenix, and we know what's going on with Phoenix and Chris Paul. So if that's going to be the case and Kawhi Leonard doesn't come back, it's hard to argue against anybody but Milwaukee if that's going to be the case. Talking once again to JVT, at me, JVT, on Twitter. All right, you know, let, let's get to Philadelphia tomorrow. Right now, laying three in Atlanta. Uh, last time there in Atlanta, a big collapse. But the last game they played, even bigger collapse. We were watching it last night, just melting apart. And we talked about it on the air. Um, Philadelphia's offense right now, their identity is Joel Embiid and Seth Curry. Now, you could get more from Tobias Harris. He was terrible uh, in game in game five. What are you expecting tomorrow? Because Philadelphia has jumped out to these monster leads, and then the second halves, Atlanta has come back, you know, down by as many as 26 last night, and they won that game on the road. They're back at home, a chance to close it out, and you're catching points with the team that is, you know, pulled off back-to-back pretty impressive wins. Right, and this is what just doesn't leave my mind with that back-to-back impressive wins because you know they were down by a massive amount. Right, right. like if you look at the, this, is now um, four consecutive games, guys, in which the Philadelphia 76ers have led by double digits. You know what I'm talking about? Like we're going all the way back to the beginning of the series, but this has been a series in which Philadelphia at times has been an absolute dominant force, building up these massive leads down the last two games. They couldn't hold on to them, but they did beat Atlanta 127-111. They did beat Atlanta 118-102, to right? And then 128 to 124, that was game one, but the second half was a monster game for Philadelphia, which they came back and made it tight. So, there has been a lot of times here where Philadelphia has looked like the much better team, and they built up those double-digit leads for a reason. And so, Tim, like that, that just doesn't leave my mind, right? We talked about Joel Embiid, you talked about Seth Curry. Those are two matchups that they can clearly exploit. You saw every single bit of that uh, in this last game. So, I generally, I would agree with this market move, right? Like, I think that this is a game that Philly comes out. They should be able to win. You get a little bit more from Tobias Harris. Uh, then I think and the other pieces around them as well. You know, Matisse Thibel get a little bit more efficient from the four. Uh, every other one of those bench pieces can be a little bit better too. So I, I would agree that the market is right in moving this in Philadelphia's direction. Now I can understand trepidation given everything we have seen for Philly in the second half of both of these games. 
but they've built up those massive leads for a reason. And Atlanta still has yet to figure out uh, what is going on with this team uh, from a defensive standpoint. Even the last game, 34.6% from three. This is now three consecutive games in which they have shot under 35%. Uh, this is still something that they can't figure out from an offensive standpoint. So I tend to lean to Philly here to win this and extend this out to seven. JVT, let's say if the Sixers don't come back and win this series, what what, what does this offseason look like? Because all of a sudden it goes from, look, they should have won this series in five. They blew an 18-point lead and a 25-point lead in the last two games. This series should be over. Losing a series that you have no business losing in, in the fashion that they've done it, what would this offseason look like if they don't come back uh, and win this series against the Hawks? You know, I mean, I, I, Jeff, I don't think that it's going to be as dramatic as a lot of people expect it to be, right? You know, because, one, they got the number one overall seed for a reason. You know, they're still a really good team. They just need to tweak some things. They need to figure some things out. I think at one point you have to have a hard part with Ben Simmons and tell him, look, if you're not going to develop your game, then you're not a point forward. And you can be our dunker. You can be our dunker spot guy. You can be our Draymond Green. You can be our point center, whatever it is. But you're just not going to be a guy who's going to be our main ball handler. We're going to we're going to change your role here a little bit, and then you start to develop something in terms of acquiring a true point guard and developing an elite pick and roll game with some of these other guys. Like you just have to change everything that's going on here. So I think that's more of if they get eliminated like this, like that's what you got to do. And I think look, it wouldn't be crazy. We've seen what the New Orleans Pelicans just did with Stan Van Gundy. But like Doc Rivers now has this track record of not handling these situations very well, right? We see what's going the Los Angeles Clippers, for example. Look at what's happening with the Los Angeles Clippers now that Doc Rivers is not there. You know, the, the lead that they blew in that series against Denver are now one win away from Western Conference Finals, potentially. You know, the, the development of this game for the Philadelphia 76 has just been some bad stuff. So I, I think maybe you look at the coaching staff, but I think it's not going to get blown up with the way that people think it is. When we look at the uh, the night game tomorrow night, uh, the Clippers, last night you and I took the eight and a half, uh, and, and obviously didn't even need those points. They win that game outright. A tremendous performance from Paul George. Now they're at home, a closeout opportunity like Atlanta, and they're also uh, catching some points. Uh, not as many as, as Atlanta, three, but you're looking at here at Circa, one, Westgate at one and a half. Uh, I know we we know where you stand on the Clippers. What do you feel about tomorrow's situation? Is this a spot where the Clippers close out the Jazz? You know, so uh, I know I texted you Tim about the series price. Yeah. So you know, I, I had stopped of it and then locked in a little bit of something here on the series. But I, I do generally think that that this is going to be one that the Clippers can that can close out here. You know, if you if you look at everything that has transpired over these last three games, and this is something I told you about the about this series and going into this last game, Kawhi Leonard is a massive blow for this team. But what the Clippers have done over the last three games, they can continue to do without Kawhi Leonard. Right? There's a couple of things. Right? For example, the Utah Jazz. What was one of the things we harped on? We were taught watching that game last night, Tim. Jazz games one through two, games or one and two. Put it that way. 34 and a half attempts per game within 14 feet of the basket. Shot 53.6 percent. They won both of those games. Games three through five, it goes down to 28.3 attempts within 14 feet and a shooting percent of just 49.4 percent. The Jazz are predicated on dribble penetration, kicking it out to shooters, and getting teams into rotations. The Clippers are playing zone. They're not allowing them to get within the painted area. They're not allowing those driving kicks. They're letting them just play this ISO-heavy type of offense where guys are just chucking three-point shots. 
And you see this, right? They only had 26 attempts, guys, yesterday within the arc, and eight of those were Rudy Gobert on offensive putbacks. Like, this is something that the Clippers have done from a game plan perspective that has worked out very well. And the inverse of this is the Clippers themselves. 33.3 attempts within 14 feet of the basket the last three games. They're shooting 58% on those attempts. They're spacing the floor. They pulled Rudy Gobert out of the paint with their small lineups. Like, these are all things you can replicate without Kawhi Leonard. So, uh, and, and this is the other part. Ty Lue gets killed for a lot of what he does as a coach. Quinn Snyder has yet to adjust in any of these three games in terms of what the Clippers are doing to him and what he can do back in terms of running some more stuff off ball and what they're doing offensively. And so there's three games. We have yet to see an adjustment. We have yet to see the Jazz figure out what they're doing defensively. We have yet to see them counteract what they're doing offensively. Why in the world would we believe that anything else is going to change either this game or the next? So, yeah, I, I do believe that the Clippers are going to close this thing out. JVT, just uh, if the Clippers do close it out as a small dog tomorrow, uh, Phoenix would obviously be next. Uh, How do you see that matchup if Kawhi is unable to return? So, look, it's going to be a really tight series, but I kind of alluded to this, Jeff, when I was talking to Tim yesterday. Uh, You know, the market was very quick to essentially rule out Los Angeles last night and driving that up, and they might do the same here against Phoenix, but I would be careful with that. You know, Phoenix is a team that, as we have discussed many times, their depth I think I have some problems with, right? Uh, you know, we looked at the Denver series, multiple games in that series, if not all of them, when the bench came in, guys posting negative plus minuses in those contests. You know, they're really relying on their starting five. And you can make the same argument for the Clippers. I, I think that is going to be a series that is going to be much more competitive than the market's going to give it credit for. So I would sit back. I, I'm really intrigued to see if that is going to be what the series is if the Clippers move on. A lot of these different prices on, you know, like plus games in the series, what the Clippers would actually be catching if they are the, indeed the underdog in that series, and all of those sort of things, again, center around not having Kawhi Leonard. And if Kawhi Leonard's out there, I, I, I think the Clippers are much better than the Phoenix Suns if Kawhi Leonard's going to be out there. They dominated the two games in which Kawhi Leonard was on the floor in the regular season. He was like a plus 8.5 net rating. They didn't have any answers for him or Paul George in those two games. And so I think this is another one where they're going to be a little undervalued. But regardless, I think the Clippers will be a lot more live and they'll be given credit for if it's just Paul George and no Kawhi Leonard in that series. And I'll be looking to play them like some plus games and things like that. Yeah, you're looking right now, BetMGM, current NBA odds, uh, title odds, Nets plus 275, Suns 3-1, to one, Bucks plus 425, Clippers down at 8-1 to one right now, and the Sixers at 11-1. to one. And the Atlanta Hawks, uh, one win away from uh, heading to the Eastern Conference Finals at 20 to one. JVT, always appreciate it, man. All right, good talking to you guys. See ya. There he is at me, JVT on Twitter. Check out. Uh, I always, uh, I always promote him because I always read him. His uh, his daily write ups every morning on the network, and I believe he's getting up early tomorrow. He'll be on Follow the Money if uh, if I read that schedule correctly, Jeff. So we we kept him up late. So hopefully he gets some shut-eye, and uh, I believe he'll be with Mitch Moss in the morning on Follow the Money. Plenty of NBA talk with JVT coming uh, here on VEASAN in the coming hours. It's the nightcap here on VEASAN. Got your treats and beats. I know there's one that just happened that Jeff can't (laughs) wait to relive. It's the nightcap here on VEASAN. Hey, Sarah, I loved that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. 
I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation vlogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. It is the nightcap here on VSIN as we continue to work our way through and get closer to a pair of game sixes on Friday night. A game seven, we know that will be happening in Brooklyn on Saturday night. That's Jeff Parles. I'm Tim Murray. But let's get to a little treats and beats here, Jeff. And uh, why don't you lead us off with a little baseball. Earlier tonight, we had Derek Stevens in the studio. And he was really looking forward to a potential walk-off for the San Diego Padres. If you've caught San Diego Padre games this year, right there in the background in the ninth inning, nice circus sports uh, advertisement so it's always uh, it's always enjoyable for for Derek to to see something spectacular happen earlier this year Mookie Betts 
diving catch to end the game. That was on a loop in the ninth inning. So what happened tonight in San Diego against those Reds? <laughs> which, by the way, the total was seven and a half, just to, just to put that out there. Sure, sure. So nothing, nothing through five. So if you had the first five under, you didn't even sweat. You didn't even sweat. It was easy. Okay. Tatis hits a homer in the sixth inning. Shocking development, I know. Uh, now tied for the league lead with Vlad Jr. Then Machado homers the following inning. All right, two nothing going to the ninth inning after uh, a seventh inning homer from Machado. All right. Mark Melanson's been good this year. Tim Murray. He's been pretty good. Gives up the lead. Mm-hmm. You're two to two. Okay. Jonathan India then hits a two-run homer to put the Reds up 4-2. All right, well, this just turned into a horrible beat for the Padres' run line, the Padres' money line, but the total's still okay. Yeah. Okay? All right, no problem. They bring in Hendricks to to shut the door. One out, man at second. Eric Hosmer, right down that right field line, two-run jack, 4-4. Total was 7.5. 4 plus 4 equals 8, Tim Murray. That's a that that's that, a loser on the total of, an uh, uh, on a dead under game. Yeah, but there's more. Padre uh, change of pitcher Amir Garrett comes in. Two batters later, Victor Caratini, basically to the uh, to the metal supply building in uh, in uh, the Western Metal Supply Building in left field. Six four final. Padres run line, which I would argue was the correct play from the beginning. <laughs> Ends up winning anyway. The total obviously goes down. And if you were the Reds' money line ticket at a nice little, about plus 160, man, it's one of those where it's like, well, we had the wrong side, but we're up two runs going to the bottom of the ninth. We're supposed to win. So treats and beats galore in this Padre-Red game, regardless of whatever side you may have had here. Yeah, the total, I would say, the was, total was the worst was one. The worst. Seven yeah. and a half. You got a 2 nothing game going into the ninth, and you didn't even get extra innings. No. I mean, we always didn't talk even about need the ridiculous rules. To, yeah, the, to, the, to the extra innings is where it's been a disaster. Um, I treat for Derek, though, because that's what he wanted, and he got it, so uh, a treat there. I'll give you a, a quick beat just personally. Yesterday, I tweeted out my plays for the U.S. Open. And, and once again, I, I am not a golf handicapper. I say it on this show. I, I just listen to smart people and I make my decisions that way. So I, you know, I, I put them out there, some good, some bad. But I thought it was good. And then I, I saw a name being floated out there by a couple people. And then a buddy of mine texted me about his price at Circa because he wanted to go in on it. And that was Max Homa at 100 to 1. Uh-oh. Um, I said, you know, got a couple long shots already, Kokrak and, and Leishman. Nah, why not? Let's give me, do it. Give me a little Homa. <laughs> why not? Uh, Max Homa today. Oh, no, let me keep scrolling. Yep, there he is. Five over. I believe he started on the back nine today there, Jeff. Uh, that'd be a triple bogey at 12 and a double bogey at 14. So he was five over five holes into the U.S. Open. Not ideal. That's not what you want. It's not what you want, Tim. All right, I did a little homework assignment on the notepad today. You can't see it. That's a lot of... Uh, you can't see it. That's a whole page worth, guys. Whole page worth. Because I had to look at 
23 straight games. There it is. 23 straight games. Zooming in. That's the best we could do because it's, it's small writing. But what it is, those are the money lines for the Arizona Diamondbacks opponents on the road since May 4th. Why? Because they've lost all 23 of those games. <laughs> If you had started with $100 and placed it on the money line and rolled that bad boy over, you would be at $3,179,846.78. The longest road losing streak in over a century. It's the Nightcap here on Visa. any part of our show today or anything on the VSIN schedule, don't forget to check out our free sports betting podcast. Catch replays of all our shows. That includes Follow the the Money. It's our morning show. I kind of put them together there. A numbers game, My Guys in the Desert, the Lombardi Line. Check it out. The feed, VSIN Best Bets. There's also podcasts you need to check out. Beating the Book with Gil Alexander. Market Insights with Josh Applebaum. We've got hardwood handicappers, long shots, gone racing, and the Ron Flatter Racing Pod. They're all free. Free Jeff Parles. Available now at vcin.com backslash podcast or wherever you get those podcasts. That is Jeff Parles. I don't consider him free in my book. Worth every penny. Every penny. I, I did not pay you either for every penny, so we're in good shape. That is true. Uh, no, no, uh, no exchangings of currency. Um... <laughs> so I tweeted this thing out. We were jo- talking about the Diamondbacks. Uh, they've lost 23 straight games on the road. Longest um, losing streak of, of this kind in over a, a century. Um, there was some graphic. I, we, we have SportsCenter on in the studio. Apparently one of the teams that has had a longer losing streak in the like 1800s was the Pittsburgh Innocents. Yes, and then that is the... Uh... They became the Pittsburgh Alleghenies, who became the Pittsburgh Pirates, who are still playing baseball. Apparently, they are. I don't know. I don't know if what you call what they're doing now is baseball, but I they mean, are I, playing games. I loved everything about the Pittsburgh Pirates. You guys, I love the Pittsburgh Pirates because the Nats just swept them. And it was, <laughs> they actually looked like a. They looked a, like a major league a, team. I was like, hey, look at that. <laughs> hey, that's nice to get wins. But um, two things. So I tweeted this out, and number one. Doug Kazarian from ESPN ragging on me about my notepad. He said, haven't you ever heard of Excel? And I appreciate it. Wes Reynolds stepped up and said, no, you got to go, got to go with the notepad. I mean, I'm old school, man. Come on. Got a handy dandy notebook. You seem a little new school there, Jeff. You use roll with the, with your notes on your computer oh, I, I, or I, in the old noggin there. I, I used to be everything on a legal pad. I, I respect the legal pad, Tim Murray. He's grown out of that phase no, of his I just, career. You, you know what? It is more than anything at this point, and it's a very stupid thing. For whatever reason, I have had very bad success with, or I've had no success, I should say, with remembering to put the pen back in the bag after the show. 
So I probably, especially at the South Point, Tim, there are probably about 20 of my pens just floating around at the South Point. So there you go. Yeah, but you get you get like free pens all over the place. I know, but point. I know, but uh, again, it's just one of those. Where I drop my pen all the time. You I, broke a pen I earlier. Break, I break my pens. You just dropped it again. Things fall off. I know. It's a lame a very, excuse. As uh, JVT, who uh, who likes to uh, poke fun all, in a good way at like everybody on the network, which hey man, I'm, I'm all for it. He, I was like, well, do me, and he said, you're very handsy all over the. I was like, yeah, that's me, and 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 I throw my pens, um, but. Um, also, someone asked me, you know, what point would you hedge off or would you have taken the money? Well, if I had figured out, it was just an exercise to have a little fun. I, I looked at all of the closing lines uh, here at Circa and then just rolled it over. Yeah, I think if I had, had figured out this, I, I would have hedged out pretty early. I don't know, if, I don't know Jeff, if I would have uh, continued to roll with... 23 consecutive money line parlays on or money line plays against the Diamondbacks on the road. Um, so I mentioned I, 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 I cheated. I should I, a moniker of mine, a saying of mine, save it for the air. I gave it away. But in this 23 game road losing streak, the Arizona Diamondbacks have been favored one time. <laughs> one time. I guess three. Or did. Did, I, did I guess three or two? You guessed three. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I guess, guess three. three. I guess three. Because you thought they were. I so thought they were favored once at, at least once in Miami. Which is where this thing started yeah. back in early May. They were at Miami for three. That's where it all started. And uh, they weren't that far off. They closed minus 111. So pretty much almost a pick. Depends on depends on your book. Yeah. So here at Circa, they're you know they do you know dime lines. So um, it was minus 111, minus 101 on the buyback. So um, so wait, if the if, if the Diamondbacks were minus 111, the Marlins were minus 111. The Marlins were minus okay. 111. Excuse me. Yeah, Diamondbacks are minus 101. And then uh, yeah, the only one was May 22nd at Colorado. Mad Bum was on the hill. Plus 103 were the Colorado Rockies that evening. The highest favorite, have any guesses during this stretch? Highest favorite against the Arizona Diamondbacks. Oh, well, oh wait a sec. Okay, so in this stretch, they lost to the Mets, the Dodgers, and the Padres, correct? Are the Padres in there or no? Dodgers, Mets, uh, Brewers, and Giants. And Giants. And the Mets were in there. I think that the Grom star was the biggest favorite, right? Man, you're. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. How do you cram anything else into that noggin? Well, how, I, do you, how do you? How do you remember? Because I know Degrom started against them, so yes. it would have had to have been May ninth. Yeah, the Mets were minus three ten here at Circa, and also on May nineteenth, the Dodgers were minus three oh five, but the Mets were the uh, the biggest. Okay, so, so it was, it was Degrom was the biggest favorite. It wasn't the Mets. It was Degrom was the biggest favorite. Yes, Degrom was the biggest favorite. <laughs> which. Uh, Looks like good news. Yeah, you know, yesterday was. Uh, the, what are you doing, Jeff? No, I didn't do. I, I look. Felique, Felica immediately tweeted at me. Well, how's your confidence right now? Of course, Felica is another another Met Jet fan as well, Islander fan as well. But uh, look uh, again. Just put him on the IL for ten days. Let him rest. Uh, hopefully, they, they play three double headers in nine days. Tweeting Sorry. at me that the game, you know. That, that the MVP line is going to be gone in the morning. Hey, well, I was right. The MVP line is not up this morning, so I was technically correct, Tim. Fair. Point 
Point to Point Parles. <laughs> Point to Parles on that one. Yeah. Oh, the, man. The optimism meter. Um, but, yes, good news for yeah. your uh, for your Mets there. That, Thank goodness. <laughs> uh, do you think right now, if you had to, you know, obviously we work in odds. Yeah. But as a sports fan on June 17th, does Jacob deGrom win National League MVP? I, I, assuming he pitches? Yeah, just from assuming, what we know right assume, now. I, from what we, wrote, what we know right now. Maybe I would, he misses a start or two. If he misses a start, yes. If he misses more than two starts, no. I do think that in the end, if the Padres, if the, somehow the Padres win the West, mm-hmm. Tatis is winning the award. Another home run today. Yeah, he, he just continues to be incredible. Tatis is the one guy who can stop, who who can beat Degrom. That is the one guy for sure, and it wouldn't shock me if Tatis ends up winning the award. A couple things I want to hit on to close up the show: some NBA Finals MVP odds, Ooh. and we got ourselves two Game Sixes tomorrow. Where home dogs? It's the nightcap here on V. Hey Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation blogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. Saturdays are for sunshine, especially for your ears. With another election, ongoing wars, and natural disasters, we know the news can be a lot to take in. And we're determined to share the bright side of humanity. Every Saturday, take a breather from the headlines and hear all the uplifting happenings across the world with Five Good Things, a new weekend edition of CNN Five Things. That means you can find this goodness in the same feed as Five Things. Listen to Five Good Things on the iHeartRadio app. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony DeLisandro. Billie's vocals, it was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like da-da-da-da. You know what I'm saying? Like it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it going to like? That's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger 
feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Indeed believes less is more. That's why they have powerful tools to help you source, screen, and hire quality people faster. Learn more at Indeed.com slash credit. It is the nightcap here on VEASAN. Um, you know, I, I've, I have one bet in, uh, in, in Euro 2020. Okay. Um, and I, I haven't checked in on it. I have, a, I have a long shot on North Macedonia to win this thing. How's that going? Yeah, I, I, I don't think that's going to work, Tim. No? No. Oh, okay. No, I have finally learned why they call them North Macedonia, though, which is which is good. Okay. Which is good. It's, Enlighten uh, us. No, it, it, it's a it's a it's a it's again uh, it was in the old Yugoslavia border disputes, mm. which is that's the easy way to put it. All right, there you go. Yeah. Uh, also, first team from Euro 2020 eliminated today. They lost to Ukraine, two to one. Yeah, Ukraine Ukraine uh, closed the minus uh, one thirty favorite in that one, Tim. And Ukraine uh, to win the group bet for me is not going to work out because the Dutch beat them in the first in the first game. So, and thus ends your Euro. Thus, thus ends your soccer talk. Um, I do want to hit on a couple things before we uh, we cl- close up shop. We got two games tomorrow. Always great and uh, twofold. I think I'm going to bet on both favorites, which just road favorites in these situations just makes me want to shiver. But that's what I'm going to do. And uh, I just want them both to win, in addition to my bets. But I want game sevens. I want at least one. Eh, can I get? Can I get two? Can I get two game sevens on be, Sunday? It would be. It would be three. All it would together. be three. Yeah, we got one. We know that's going to happen. Bucks win tonight, one hundred four to eighty nine. But um, these odds, and we've talked about this a bunch. Uh, NBA Finals MVP odds, and prior to today's game at DraftKings. It was Kevin Durant at the as the favorite at plus 175. Now they lose today. Does that change your mind as you look at this list? Devin Booker at five to one. We we've mentioned this a couple times. Now the Devin Booker situation is. I, I was on with uh, with Danielle and Wes earlier this week. This was prior to the knowledge of Chris Paul having COVID-19, which we still don't have answers for. Whether or not we, I think we find out this weekend if we know a little bit more uh, about the possibility of him being available, maybe game one. Who knows? If you're going to bet a Suns player, Jeff, I'm betting Chris Paul. Yeah, I would agree. Because Chris Paul, you, he has been obviously he's been terrific, but I also have the the narrative that goes behind Chris Paul. If they were to win, I would think Chris Paul would have to be the play, and I think it, you have seen some movement. Because it was at nine to one, and now it's not seven to one. But you look at this list. What about Giannis? Now this will change. I would imagine after tonight's performance and them winning and making a three-three series. But they're going to be a series favorite, I would think, over Philadelphia or Atlanta. And if the Clippers don't have Kawhi, I think the Bucks are a favorite against anyone in the West. So Giannis at seven to one. When you look at the most updated odds, now once again, just keep this in mind 
that this is a situation where the Bucks, or sorry, these will be adjusted. The Bucks are plus 425 to win the title right now at BetMGM. Mm-hmm. Giannis is 7-1. to one. Could you see, you know, Chris Middleton went for 38 tonight. If the Bucks won the title, anybody with Giannis winning that MVP? You think Chris Middleton really would win the I MVP? I think he could. I think he could. I, I, don't think, I don't think it's an impossibility. But at 7-1? I, I would say it's unlikely, Middleton. But there is a path. I mean, look, if it's... I think if it's Utah, Giannis is more likely to win the win the award if they're against Utah than it's Phoenix. Uh, then if it's Phoenix or the Clippers, just the way that those those teams match up, I don't hate it. I don't hate it. I, again, I think we, I really do think that if Milwaukee wins Game Seven, it's there's no excuse at this point. You got to win the title if you get past Brooklyn here, right? Uh, and quite frankly, you have to get past Brooklyn at this point. You really do. With the way that it is, and even though they have the best player in the series in Durant, like, again, like, Harden can barely move. Right. And Kyrie's not playing. And Joe Harris, you might have, might even be equal to Joe Harris at this point with how bad My, my God, Joe Harris, man. He's, he's been brutal in this series. He's, he's been pretty but, bad. But, 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 Tim, it's just one of those scenarios where where if you're Milwaukee, you you got to get it done, which means if they win the title, you're probably right. Giannis probably wins the award. So if Giannis is... Again, this kind of goes back to what we were talking about earlier with Durant and Irving before the the injury to Kyrie. If Giannis's odds are about two to three, at least two to three dollars more than Milwaukee's title odds, then you take a shot on it. But if it's less than that, then I wouldn't. That's how I would play it, Tim. So, looking at those odds, I don't play Kevin Durant. Don't do it. I mean, because the Nets' future right now is, is longer than that. Now, once again, this could change, but don't do that. Um, Paul George at 10-1, to 1, Clippers are 8-1. to 1. If Kawhi's out and they win it, Paul George is going to be your MVP. So, you know, it, it all comes down to who you think is going to win the title and then is there a clear-cut guy. I, think, I really think the only guy out there is Chris Paul, that has intriguing value because if you like them, they're three to one to win the title. Chris Paul, yes, the COVID situation, but this is NBA Finals MVP. He's going to be back uh, by the NBA Finals. So uh, let's get to tomorrow night's slate: Sixers and Hawks. Right now, you're looking at the Sixers as a three-point favorite, a total of 221 and a half uh, at most spots. DraftKings, as we have on our graphic right there, is at 221. Um, I, I'm probably going to hate myself. Uh-oh. Don't do it. I played Philadelphia on the money line. Okay. Um, money line price of minus 154 here at Circa. Cheapest price around. Uh, South Point minus 150. They're on the road. They're a favorite. They have blown massive leads in the last two games. I just they're better than Atlanta. Atlanta could get hot and they're 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 a good team. I just I feel like Philadelphia is winning this game, Jeff. And I'm probably crazy, but I uh I'm not messing around with the points. I'll lay the money line minus a dollar fifty and uh maybe tomorrow when we hit the airwaves, I'm gonna be, you know, smacking my head like why would I do it? They just blew a twenty six point lead at home and now I'm gonna bet them. But I am going to bet them. I think they, they come out 
and they force a game seven. I'm more confident about this game than I am the night one. I want absolutely nothing to do with this game because <laughs> Philadelphia completely, I had Philly laying the three in game four. I thought the based off of what we saw in game three, mm-hmm. I thought as well, the Sixers are clearly much better. Why wouldn't they win comfortably in game three, uh, game four? And guess what? For three quarters, I was right. And then the collapse happened. And then I stayed off in game five because I was like, you know what? They probably win by double. The Sixers probably win by double digits, but I, I don't know. Up 25 with three minutes to go in the third quarter, you feel pretty good about yourself if you laid the seven and a half points. And then you get that collapse. I don't know how you mentally come back from back-to-back performances like that. I just don't know how you do it. So if you made me bet this game, I actually would take the Hawks. But Philly's much better. Even though the Hawks are winning, this series has been the most perplexing series I can remember in an NBA second round. Because the Sixers have been clearly better. For the majority of this series, Tim. And then it's trade time and on the fourth. It has been this, the Hawks have legitimately played five good quarters this whole series. Five. And they lead the series 3-2 as the inferior team. You almost never see something like this in the NBA. Never. So, I look, I, I just don't know how you come back from this if you're Philly. It wouldn't shock me if... It wouldn't shock me if the Sixers win, but more, more likely than not, I think it's a, a, the mental collapse in this series is complete for the Sixers and the Hawks win and, and win a series that, quite frankly, they had no business winning. Yeah. Um, you know, as a basketball fan, I, I think the, uh, the intrigue of Atlanta moving forward is, is, is high, you know, with, with Trey Young and all these young pieces. I don't want to see them in the Eastern Conference Finals. I, I just don't. I don't, I don't. I don't think they would match up well at all against Brooklyn or Milwaukee. They would, they, would, they would at least make Brooklyn sweat with I think the form Brooke, Brooklyn is in yeah, right and, now. And I think what JVT has said, and I agree, I mean, the entertainment factor of Hawks and Nets would be up there with yeah. these two offenses. It'd be, but, it'd be a five or a six in all likelihood. Yeah, and ben Simmons has got to do something, man. I, I, like, he, but, but, he's, but he's, Tim, he's... He's, he's got to he's, do... He's a, at this point, his offense is useless. And also, too, Tobias Harris has not performed at all. That's part of the reason that that went really sideways in I mean, game five. He had eight points yesterday, Tobias yeah, Harris. Did, so. did, two guys made a shot in the second half for Philly. Two. So, yep, I'll probably hate myself tomorrow, but Philly it is on the money line. Be a nice welcome me. to the show tomorrow, Tim yeah. Murray. I'll be smacking my head, or I'll be smiling ear to ear. <laughs> One of those two. Uh, Utah and the Clippers tomorrow, uh, Jeff. I, I, if I had to play it, I would, I would take the road team. I can't believe I'm saying it, but I, I would take the Jazz. Open two. It's been bet down. Um, I, I think people look at last night and think it was a fluke. It was not. It was not a fluke. But the Clippers were the better team. But I do like Utah. Are we going to get another performance like that from Paul George? Um, once again, probably selfish of me. I just want a game seven in this series. I do have the Clippers at plus 175. However, I bought Utah today at plus 145 to win this series to ensure a little profit. Um, I'm, I'm a probably past this game, Jeff, but I would play Utah if I had to. Totals too low again. Too 219. Too low again. 218 and a half here. Too low. Bet it over. That's what I'll be doing. All right. Sweating out a, a total? Yeah, bet the over. I, I, I do think Utah wins. I do too. I do, but I, I just can't get. I just can't get there. I, I, I can't get there to bet it. I just can't. I, for whatever reason, that performance in Game Five was again not quite as ridiculous as what Philly did, 
But that was pretty worrying for Utah, at least moving forward as well. You make 14 threes in the first half, or 16 threes in the first half, you're supposed to be up by 20, and you weren't, and he got burned. Five. Got burned. Five. Paul George played great. Playoff P, I guess, is a good thing now. That's Jeff Parles. I'm Tim Murray. Thanks to Derek Stevens, Banksy. Thanks to Brady Cannon, JVT for Aaron Oster, behind the scenes, and everyone else back there. This is the Nightcap here on Visa. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids like yours, and all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta, CNN's chief medical correspondent, and this is Chasing Life. Three out of four U.S. adults are considered overweight or have obesity. 75% of Americans. Dr. Fatima Cody-Stanford. Our weight is one factor that plays a role in our health. But by itself, it doesn't give us the full story of who we are. We have to look at our full person. Listen to Chasing Life, streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony D'Alessandro. Billy's vocals. It was automatic art. You know, I had to, like, choose a more challenging route than just, like, da-da-da-da. You know what I'm saying? Like, it could have been, like, easier. And a lot of people have asked me, like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and, like, so simple? And what else was it going to... Like, that's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. 